I am Chris Buskirk. This is the Seth and Chris Show. Welcome back. As uh, promised, as teased during the rest of the show, I'm joined right now by John Hinderocker from the Powerline blog. John, how are you? Just great, Chris. Good. Are you? Uh, you're at home, right? Well, I'm at home. I came. I, home I hope you have the heat on uh, from the office today because we got a foot of snow, so it's a little <laughs> slow going. We have we have two feet of sunshine. <laughs> I was in, I was in D.C. two weeks ago, and I managed to I managed to get in and out of there in about two and a half days, where they actually had decent weather. But boy, you guys are taking it on the chin this winter. Yeah, although you know, snow is beautiful as long as you're inside your house looking out at it. It's only bad if you're driving in it. Well, I can tell you that my father still to this day, this is forty years later, will fondly recall when we moved to Arizona from New Jersey. It was in December; snow was all over, and he recalls pulling out of the driveway to start the journey and uh, wishing his snow shovel goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> it's a happy day when you're a happy a happy happy day, John. You um, you wrote something I, I found interesting. We we were well more than one thing, but the thing we're going to focus on, but is uh, fantasy versus reality in November. You say here the reality is that the Trump administration's policies have been remarkably successful. This is most triumphantly illustrated by the GOP tax reform package, which no Democratic president would have signed into law. We've, look, we, uh, I think, are right to be concerned and definitely not to be complacent heading into November. But it strikes me that, uh, that Republicans have a good hand to play if they know how to play it. Chris, I couldn't agree more. You're right up to date because I just uh, posted uh, the, the, the one that you referred to, fantasy versus reality, in November about a half hour ago. But if you look at what the Democrats are trying to run on as they gear up for what they, they hope will be a wave election sweeping them, back into power in Congress in November, it's all fantasy. You know, it's Trump and Russia. It's Trump, the trampler on the First Amendment. It's Trump, the racist. Uh, Trump, I, I think he may be a warmonger. Is that right? I don't know. It's hard to, <laughs> it's hard to tell where they're coming from in terms of foreign policy. Also, he but is he, literally Hitler. Yeah, literally. literally. Yeah, right, literally uh, Hitler. Um, so, so, But these are all fantasies. You know, they don't correspond to anything... Uh, that's real or anything that affects voters' lives. On the other hand, on the Republican side, we've got reality. The truth is that that Republican congressmen and senators who are running for election in November have got a terrific record to run on, particularly now that tax reform has been passed. And, you know, next month, the large majority of American workers are going to get a, a pay raise. You know, and, and um, I, I, I talked in my post about something I just happened to see on CNBC this morning, which is that Lowe's stock, Lowe's, of course, the home improvement company like mm-hmm. Home Depot, is some analysts predict, predicted it to jump 20% wow. uh, in, in the coming year, in large part because of the tax cut. Survey data indicate that millions of Americans are planning on taking that tax cut money and investing it in their homes. And um, that's reality. You know, reality is I'm getting an extra 1000 or 2000 bucks a year now. Nancy Pelosi doesn't live in the same world that you and I do, Chris. She, she lives in the world of rich people and mansions who own vineyards, right, and private And aircraft. private jets back and forth between San Francisco and D.C. Yeah. So she says, oh, $1,000, $2,000, that's crumbs. Well, <laughs> you know, so, by the way, Chris, you might think from that that she's saying the Democrats want a bigger tax cut if a couple thousand bucks is just a crumb. No, not so they, much. 
but but no, of course that's not what she means at all. So you know, but but I think I think that most Americans, um, when they think about how we're doing next November, are going to be focused on the reality of how Republican policies have affected them, and not on the various fantasies that the Democrats are trying to peddle. John, did you see there was a news item earlier this morning that there's two uh, there's two members of the California state legislature who uh, have introduced legislation to try and basically claw back half of the uh, corporate tax cut that, that recently passed in, and clawed into the coffers of the of the state of California. I actually wrote about that on Powerline. It's just oh, I unbelievable. That. Um, these people would be right at home in the Maduro government in Venezuela, you know, where. People have been killing and eating their pets uh, because the economy has, has essentially, you know, disappeared uh, due to socialism. Uh, you know, California is a hard place to ruin. You know, the, the natural advantages and resources of California are immense, and yet, uh, given enough time, uh, liberals can ruin anything. Well, as you know, I uh, I, I was an, both an undergrad and a graduate student in Southern California in Claremont in the '80s and very very early '90s, and uh, it's it is California has undergone a transformation in the in those in the intervening years and not for the better, and it's well, all man made. There's a news item just a week or two ago. California now has not only the largest number of people living in poverty, but the largest percentage, I believe, of of people living in poverty of any state. They've pretty much driven out the middle class. You know, if you're rich, you know, Silicon Valley is doing fine. Hollywood is doing fine. Um, but but in between, uh, it's been a nightmare. I call it the plantation state. You know, it's you've got the very rich and the very poor, and there's there's a there's only a tiny middle class left in California. Yeah, one of the things that you know, uh, modern economics uh, is demonstrating over and over again is that free enterprise is good for uh, a widespread uh, you know, income growth and income distribution. And if you look at the blue states, the blue states are all the ones that have got the kind of bizarre income distribution with, with a few rich people and a lot of poor people and not a lot in between. And if you look at the red states, uh, they've got a much, much more thriving middle class. And I think economists more and more are coming to recognize that big government and big taxes are antithetical to a healthy middle class. John, what um, so you take uh, you take for instance these two legislators out in California who want to try and uh, want to try and sort of rewrite or undo the the Trump tax cut. You look forward to November. We know this is going to be a contentious election season. They all are. Uh, but what do Democrats run on? What's the agenda they put that they put forward? What do you think they're going to do? Well, like I said in my post tonight, Chris, I think they're really running on fantasies, and I think that, honestly, they're running on, on fumes. You know, this stupid uh, Trump-Russia collusion thing, which is totally, it's blown up like a cigar on their faces. Uh, it just keeps getting worse. I mean, this is uh, this... opposite of what they were trying to peddle. That, right. This is what I think, John. I mean, this... I seem I, my take is that the longer this goes on, it doesn't just fizzle; it actually blows back on Democrats. Well, it certainly should. What we're learning now about the corruption of the Obama administration—you know—I wrote years ago, Chris. I, I don't claim any any uh, prescience in in current affairs. I've been wrong, you know, like most people. I've been wrong plenty of times, but I was right about this one. I wrote years ago that of all of the 
baleful effects of the Obama presidency, possibly number one on the list, uh, historians would eventually record, was his corruption of the Department of Justice. We've never seen anything like it before. And what we're now learning about the corruption of the Department of Justice, including the FBI in the Obama administration, I think is shaping up. We don't know all the facts yet, but based on what we think we know, I think it's shaping up as the biggest scandal in American history. It should be. I mean, based on what, based on the little slivers that we're that we're seeing, boy. I mean, the uh, the corruption of of, the, of a major law enforcement agency uh, is bad enough. That's terrible. But the cor- corruption uh, in the way that it has been corrupted now, meaning in the force of one politi- or in the service of one political party versus another, that's something that just it, we, you just cannot allow that to stand. Well, we know now. I, I think it's inescapable. But the deputy director of the FBI hosted a meeting in his office, a subject of which was how the FBI could prevent Donald Trump from becoming president. Now, that's a scandal. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And how, how, do, how do we, well, this is a big subject, so I'm gonna, we're, we, we've got about a minute left, but maybe we can think about it. Can, can you stay another segment? Sure. Good. So maybe we'd th- we'll uh, think about it uh, during the break, but how uh, a lot of people don't know this. It's a, it is a complicated story. Uh, and I mean, you're a lawyer. You know this. When you're dealing, for instance, with a jury, you need to you need to make it very simple. What are the big themes that Republicans should be striking, and what are, how do we tell that story in a way that people can kind of cut through, uh, you know, all these names that are hard to keep straight, the timelines that are keep, are hard to keep straight, and get to uh, and get to that core theme of corruption within the FBI and the Department of justice. We'll go to a break. Uh, we can maybe dive into that a little bit, John, when we come back. I also want to, if we have time, also like to ask you what you think is the best uh, best way to kind of do the same thing. What are the themes that Republicans should be striking uh, as we uh, as we get ready for the 2018 election? John Hinderocker is my guest. He's from the Powerline blog. We'll be right back with more of the Seth and Chris show. I'm Chris Buskirk. Welcome back to the Seth and Chris Show. John Hinderocker from the Powerline blog is my guest. John, we uh, when we left off, we're talking about what is now, I think, the evident corruption of the FBI and the DOJ under Barack Obama. You know, people forget Eric Holder was held in contempt of Congress, and it turns out that may have been one of the more uh, that might may have been one of the better moments in the Obama DOJ. What? Yeah, that's right. Um, you know, there, there's a memo. Uh, floating around the uh, House Intelligence Committee, which the House of Representatives is trying to declassify and release to the public because it's so extraordinarily important. It's only four pages long, uh, as it's been described, and we don't know exactly what it says, but reports indicate that it summarizes the story of the extraordinary corruption of the Department of Justice and the FBI by Barack Obama. And what we believe the, that the uh, that the memo lays out is this this sequence of events where the Democratic National Committee and the Hillary Clinton uh, campaign hired Fusion GPS to concoct this fake news dossier about Donald Trump with these ridiculous allegations about him and and the Russians, and Fusion GPS then concocted this this fake news dossier, a guy named Christopher Steele. 
uh, a British guy, and they then took it uh, to the FBI, gave it to the FBI. And we believe what the memo says is that the FBI then, you know, fooled around with it a little bit, tweaked the, the fake news dossier about, about Trump, and used it as the basis for an application to get a FISA warrant, a FISA surveillance warrant from that court, and then used that warrant to spy on the Donald Trump presidential campaign. And then Susan Rice and other Obama administration officials, we believe, went in with so-called unmasking requests, hundreds of them, day after day after day, to obtain the, the raw surveillance data that the National Security Agency was generating, and then pass it on to the Hillary Clinton campaign to try to help her get elected president. So if that's what happened, and we think that's what this, this uh, memo uh, summarizes, it is far and away the worst scandal in the history of the United States of America. No comparison. Okay, so, so well, can, you know, I hold you, can I hold you there, John? Very, very I agree with you, but could you explain to people why, why is that? What makes this the worst scandal? Well, to enlist the Federal Bureau of Investigation to try to uh, elect one presidential candidate over another. And again, I said this, I'll repeat it. it. You know, we know that there was a meeting in the office of the deputy director of the FBI where they talked about how the FBI could stop Donald Trump from being elected president. That's not what the FBI is supposed no, to be doing. That, no, that this strikes at the heart of self-government. Stuff, Chris. This is the kind of thing that goes on in third world dictatorships. And so who should be held accountable and how? Well, Barack Obama ultimately should be held accountable. The reports on this four-page memo that the House Intelligence Committee, one way or another, is going to release, I can guarantee you that, reports are that it strongly uh, indicates that there are senior people in the FBI, the Department of Justice under Barack Obama, who should be criminally prosecuted. Will that happen? I I don't know. Uh, But... um, if, if the chain of events, as we as we believe it to be, uh, proves to be true, uh, there certainly should be accountable accountability. I think in the form of uh, of, of, of criminal, criminal prosecution. prosecution. John, John, where uh, where's Jeff Sessions uh, on all this? He just he seems to be the incredible shrinking attorney general. Well, I think he's done some really good work in some areas. And I've written about this, as you may know, Chris. Yeah. I've sometimes said. You know, if we had a real conservative as a ge- as attorney general, a guy like Jeff Sessions, for example, he could just order these people to turn documents over to the uh, House Intelligence Committee. One of the things going on here is that the, the FBI has stonewalled, dragged its feet, refused to produce documents that have been requested by uh, House and Senate committees. We learned just what yesterday or the day before the FBI announced that it has lost five months worth of texts between these two uh, uh, FBI employees, the illicit lovers who were part of the plot in the FBI to prevent Donald Trump from becoming president. One of them was the chief investigator at the FBI. This, is, this of course, is Strzok. Uh, Peter Strzok was the chief investigator at the FBI into the Hillary Clinton email scandal. He cleared her there and arranged for her not to be criminally prosecuted. Then he turned around and became the chief investigator into the uh, fantasy uh, Trump-Russia allegations. And in the meantime, he was texting back and forth about how we, the FBI, can prevent Donald Trump from becoming president. I mean, it's just unbelievable. 
And uh, it, but the question is still the same. Where is Jeff Sessions? I mean, this this is well, his job. What I don't understand, Chris, the question is a good one. What I don't understand is why Jeff Sessions can't simply order the FBI to answer the questions, respond, turn over the documents. I don't know why he hasn't done that. Yeah, I mean, the, the why questions, I like to ask him because they're the hard ones to answer, especially when it talks, why is somebody doing something or not doing something? But it sure seems like, uh, if you're right, and I think you are, that this is literally the biggest scandal, not hyperbole. This is the biggest uh, corruption scandal in the history of the country because it strikes right at the heart of our, our system of government, of the election process, that this is something an attorney general needs to be on top of. And, you know, there's history here. In April of last year, April uh, 26, 2017, the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court, the court that issues these FISA warrants, wrote an opinion that was just scathing, denouncing the Obama administration for lying to the court, for making misrepresentations, senior officials in the Obama administration's lying to the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court. There's a published opinion uh, by that court denouncing the Obama administration for being dishonest in its representations to the court. So we know this kind of thing has been going on. It's, you know, this is not speculation. It just seems like incompetence, right? I mean, I don't think that Jeff Sessions is, uh, is corrupt. I think he just maybe lacks the, uh, the intestinal fortitude to do what he needs to do. Well, I don't know, Chris. I got to tell you, I, I don't know Sessions well. I've dealt with him some. I, I'm not sure that in his career he's ever been accused of lacking intestinal fortitude. You know? Yeah, but on this, uh, I mean, he's got to do something. Senate, but, but I don't know why he doesn't just turn that FBI yeah. uh, upside down and and uh, and get rid of the corruption. Right. It strikes me that there needs to be a wholesale house cleaning to, at, for starters, right, and bring in bring in fresh people who uh, are are free of the taint uh, of corruption, and then pursue and prosecute the people who have done something that's wrong and illegal. Well, if I were in charge of of DOJ, I, the first thing I would do is fire every political appointee at the FBI. Right. I mean, every single one of them. I think they should all go. Now, the problem, of course, is that um, is that you, you get below that level, and that's where you get the Democratic Party activists. And, it, and we're not talking about your average FBI agent, who certainly is not corrupt. Right. Agreed. Who's trying to do a good job. The FBI has a very proud history, and most of those agents are terrific. But we're talking about the people at the management bureaucratic level who are all Democrats and who apparently, uh, it, it certainly, there certainly is, is evidence at this point, tried to enlist the FBI on behalf of the Hillary Clinton campaign. Well, I don't know. My one takeaway from this, John, is John Hinderocker for Attorney General. <laughs> John, <laughs> well, we got to run. Well, Thanks so much for, for joining us. We got to stay on top of this. I love your work. Keep doing it. Thank you, Chris. Have a great night. Bye-bye. You too. Bye-bye. I'm Chris Buskirk. This is The Seth and Chris Show. We'll be right back after these messages. Mm-hmm. 